we've had to be very open with people and sometimes it's a hard thing for them to say you know what i i don't want to go that route or you know to say to them you're not really that great at that at, at working with that growth so other new people are coming in who are skilled at that and i am so proud of our team because almost entirely they they understand that they come to an understanding of that and we have people in the business who were running this business eight ten years ago um, and who are not any longer there's several layers down on the on the org chart but they're still delivering incredibly high value that we would have a hard time getting by without welcome to the unlocking your people podcast we believe that successful businesses run on people and relationships. The better your people perform, the better your business will perform. This show is dedicated to business owners and team builders that are looking to get the best out of their people and workforce. Each episode will be a strategy, a message, and even tips and tricks to help you create and cultivate a passionate workforce for your organization. Your host has spent her career helping companies and leaders handle the tough people stuff at work and helping people work better together so they can increase their impact and their results. CEO of E3 Consulting, Jess Chapman. Hello, everyone. In this episode, I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Gina Pecor, who is the CEO of Genoa Design International. Gina and the Genoa team do a fantastic job of balancing the commercial demands of a fast-paced, growing business with creating a culture that really values people. And Genoa has six core values, the first of which is put people first. And I really do watch Gina and the team live and breathe that culture in everything they do. So I'm excited to have her join us and for you to be able to hear hear her insights into unlocking people. Welcome everyone. Thank you for listening in. Um, I'm joined today by Gina Pecor, who is the CEO of Genoa Design International. Genoa is a production design firm that provides 3D modeling services to the shipbuilding industry and offshore industries. And Genoa has seen some quite exceptional growth over the last number of years, and that growth is set to continue. So I'm thrilled to have Gina here to share some of her challenges, insights, and wisdom with us about handling some of the people side of a high growth company. So welcome, Gina. Thank you, Jess. Really glad to be doing this with you. Awesome. So I have been privileged now to be working alongside Genoa for what, the last six or seven years, I think, mm -hmm. and seeing some of your growth firsthand. Perhaps you can share a little bit of Genoa's story with the people who are listening. Sure. So Genoa was um, a typical startup about 25 years ago in response to somebody not being able to get a job. So the founder, Leonard Picor, who happens to be my husband, had finished uh, a short career in the Canadian Navy and had graduated with a, a degree from Acadia University and then had gone back to school after the Navy to the Marine Institute, which is in Newfoundland, and did a three-year uh, diploma in naval architecture. And then promptly found himself without work. And at the time we were raising, um, uh, we'd had our first child and moving was not ideal. So we said, okay, well, let's just kind of start something. And it all began from the front porch of our house. And I guess for the first 10 years of the business, 
there was some real good solid organic growth that gave the business a very strong footing so it wasn't a big team it stayed under a, a dozen people um, but they built some good client relationships at the time and um, that stable footing um, you know gave, allowed the company to grow just little bits year over year, but it was steady progress. And some of the people who came on, actually most of the people who came on board at the time, who really founded the company, they're still with us today. So so that real very solid start, I think, paved the way for the next 15 years of the company, which has seen more intentional growth, particularly uh, there was a five-year period when when kind of the company sort of hit its stride, hit a good revenue base, and 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 then at around 15 years in business, it hit that precipice where it was about to to go over, and that coincided with the global economic crisis of 2008 and uh, the, the business just barely hung on and everybody can look in the rearview mirror now and say wow that's amazing that we that we did get through all of that but fortunately for our company and for any company i guess that goes through that same sort of predictable life cycle there was a very big light at the end of the tunnel and canadian shipbuilding was getting underway again after being a dormant industry for a long time and it brought us a new customer base so we were able to keep going in the u.s market and now open the canadian market as well and so the past 10 years have been a bit of a wild ride uh, that's where the real major growth has happened and we have you know, grown tenfold uh, in employee numbers and revenue base in that time period. But it really was built on that solid foundation of the company um, in, in the first 10 years of its life. It makes a big difference if you get things right at the beginning. And I, I think it's a testament to Genoa that so many of the team people that were there at the beginning are still there today. Absolutely true. Absolutely. And, you know, the company has grown around them in many ways but they know that they were the heartbeat of that company and getting it going and and so yeah it's great we've got a good combination of those who've been around the company and the industry for a long time now and then a lot of new blood coming into the business as well great well you, you talked about heartbeat which i think is one of the interesting things about what genoa has managed to accomplish so i often refer to you guys as a bit of an example of an organization that has a really good grip on its culture and values. And you've managed to maintain that despite the increase in headcount, opening new offices, changing geographies, all that kind of thing. So share a little bit with us, if you would, about how you think you've managed to do that. How have you kept that culture and values alive despite all the growth and change? Yeah, you know, sometimes when I get asked that question, I just want to say I have no idea. Uh, you know, it just has happened. And it's hard to look back, especially when you're still in the midst of it, and kind of pick it apart and say, what did we do? Or what are we doing? And what do we need to keep doing, most importantly, to keep that sensibility? And you know, there's a few things that come to mind. And one of them uh, that, that so uppermost for Genoa is the value that we place in, in people and not just, you know, we don't, we truly, I've had many people say, boy, you guys don't just 
say that when they read their values after getting to get read our values after they get to know the company and this just happened last week somebody who we've been doing work with for 10 years had occasion to read our values on our website for the first time and his response was oh my god like i read those values and that's actually who genoa is and so you know people first is our number one value and um you know, that happens, you can't really write a book on how that, that plays out. You just really have to lead by example and pay a lot of attention to who you're hiring, how they're working with you and who they are as individuals. And I, I think at the end of the day, that's what matters most is knowing about the person, not just what they do here, but what, what's important to them, what their lives are about and so on. And you know, when you grow, it, you, the, so I have gotten further away from the front line, but I'm still very close to the people who, who report directly to me and they are very close to the people who report to them and they and so on. And so keeping that interest in people is really important. Going through an exercise of truly defining your values, and Jess, you were a big part of that with us, and you know how much, you know, how hard of an exercise that was. Yeah. We said, okay, well, let's just get together for a few hours and write some words on a, on a piece of paper about who we are. And that extended into, my goodness, what, six, nine months uh, of, like, really holding the mirror up and saying, who the heck are we anyway? But once you do that and you put in the hard work to find those right words, and I think for us it's a total of 13 words, you know it works when you're making hard decisions against them, you know, and and you can apply it to everything from recruitment to performance reviews to day-to-day to, you know, those hard decisions. And so you know you have a good set of values when it works in that way. But I guess, you know, if I can say one more thing that when I look back and say, what is one thing you did right during all of this? And it was sometimes uh, a tough call to make, but complete openness and transparency with the team to let them know when it was good, you know, when we had cause to celebrate, but also to let them know when things were rocky. and. Whether that's by the numbers, you know, if it's you're sharing, we've always openly shared our numbers with with uh, the full team, or it's through the story. You know, you just let them know, geez, there's risks out there. Uh, I have always said I will never guarantee you a job. You know, people, yeah. they want job security. Uh, of course, we all do. But this is a project environment. So I will never stand up and say, I give you job security. I say, uh, we've landed a project and it, now it's up to us to do that project really well. But if it gets rocky, it gets rocky and we all have to do this together. And uh, I think that gives you the credibility to celebrate the wins. Because if you're always only talking about the good stuff, or if you're always only talking about the bad stuff, it's hard for your team to believe either. So, you know, if if I had to do it all again, and the thing that I know as long as I'm in this chair, I will keep doing is being pretty open about what's happening and and what people should expect. And I I see that reflected, I think, in the level of trust that Genoa has in the leadership team because you are genuine about where things are at. It's not always peachy and it's not always wonderful, but when there is an obstacle or an issue, put it into terms that make sense for the most of the workforce and ask everybody to work together on it. And I think that engenders a a degree of trust and loyalty to some extent. 
Yeah, I think so. I think at the end of the day, really, all you have is trust, you know, and so it's a tough thing to build, right? And it takes consistency and it takes integrity and um, being genuine with people as much as you possibly can, while also being open with them sometimes to say, my job, you know, is to do the heavy lift at the top of the business and I'm not going to put that whole burden on you. So there are things I'm going to tell you about and there are things I'm not going to tell you about because that's just the right thing to do. And it's your job to do the heavy lift at your level of the organization and not tell me about every single bump in the road along the way. Right. And it builds one of our values is own it. It, it builds that that commitment to owning it. Are you enjoying the show this far? We know the people stuff in your business can be tricky to nail down. Each scenario feels unique on its own. We go through so many resources and tools with the podcast, it's tough to keep up. We get it. So what if you had all the right tools and training to help your organization be successful every single day with your people and the culture you're building? Jess and her team have created a range of training programs that can help you with all the different challenges of unlocking your people. For the challenges of leadership, there are two core programs, Elevate for supervisors and Propel for more senior leaders. Both programs dig deeper into the concepts, frameworks, and skills that you've heard throughout this podcast series. From building trust and empathy, to having those tougher people conversations, to managing conflict, and so much more. To see which program makes more sense for you, please go to www.e3.ca slash training for the full breakdown. The best part? All the programs are fully virtual and modular, meaning you can do them anywhere, anytime, and fit them into your busy schedule. And if you're facing particular challenges in building your team, managing change, or managing performance, we have online toolkits that can solve your unique challenges today. Once again, www.e3.ca slash training. Now, back to the show. You talked a little bit about consistency earlier and um, certainly have had people stay with you from the beginning and continue to grow with you know when you kind of talked about the, the the mix of team you have now you have people who've been there a long time people who are kind of just walking in the door the type of growth that you have been facing is not always is great for the business it's not always easy on the people right so sometimes it can create challenges as people have to learn and grow themselves at the same speed that the organization grows. So what have you seen around that that you want to share? And what would you say to others who are trying to drive that same level of growth and maintain their people? Yeah. Growth is really hard. You know, it's so exciting. And for an entrepreneur, it's the thing that motivates you. If you don't have growth, then you're really not interested in being in business. And so this business at the size we are is is still run by an entrepreneur. That's, you know, what I am first and foremost. So, you know, and I think for most business leaders, they that's why they're they're around. It's all about growing your business and whether that's growing in numbers or growing in services, but there's growth of some sort. And but that is not easy for everyone. And it's it's much easier to say than it is to do because growth is change and change is hard. And it's hard for people. It's hard for at an individual level. You know, a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, that's all good. Uh, I'm, I'm totally supportive of that as long as it doesn't affect me. Like, don't change my world. And it's hard to escape 
the effect of change, the impact of change on every single person in the organization. So either your leader is going to change or your project is going to change or the desk you're sitting at, but pretty much everything has a, has a ripple effect. So I, you know, I remember one of the, the early things that will happen in any business, in any organization is as you grow, you now need your uh, people to start being managers, to start taking more responsibility. And that is a huge change in itself. If you come into a workplace and you come in as a, as a tactical, a technician, you know, uh, in whatever your, your discipline is, and then all of a sudden, somebody says, okay, now you lead people. Uh, I remember one of our original um, employee owners uh, said at one point famously, he said, now that I'm a manager, I never get anything done and I hate it. And uh, that was such a massive change for him to work through because of course, as a manager, he had to do different things and he was counting different results at the end of the day. And that's never really stopped for us. Every kind of every level that you reach, um, you are asking people to do different things. And part of the openness and transparency is also telling them that you may not wish to do this thing. And it may feel like this organization is growing around you and it may feel sometimes like you're staying still, but that is a choice that you get to make with the company to know what makes you satisfied in, in your work environment. What's important to you day to day? How do you deliver value? Because value is not always delivered by climbing the rungs on the ladder. And I think that's the popular belief that if you are going to succeed in your career, you climb the rungs on the ladder. But the world could not exist without deeply skilled uh, technical experts. And that becomes a fork in the road. Do you wish to become that deeply skilled technical expert or do you wish to climb the management ladder? And we've had to be very open with people. And sometimes it's a hard thing for them to say, you know what, I, I don't want to go that route. Or, you know, to say to them, you're not really that great at that, at, at working with that growth. So other new people are coming in who are skilled at that. And I am so proud of our team because almost entirely they, they understand that. They come to an understanding of that. And we have people in the business who were running this business eight, 10 years ago, um, and who are not any longer. There's several layers down on the, on the org chart, but they're still delivering incredibly high value that we would have a hard time getting by without. So that, uh, you know, the importance of having that conversation with people to setting the context of what's happening, always letting them know, and I feel this is my job, let them know, here's what's happening in the moment right now. Here's what growth is bringing to our environment and here's why this feels hard and here's why you may be having some fears or just helping them to understand what that process looks like. And most of the time, that's all that's needed is for people to understand, here's where I sit, here's what's happening. I think that goes back to what you talked about earlier in terms of the deep understanding that you build of the people who work with you and for specifically for you, right? That you have a 
a really good handle on who they are, what makes them tick, uh-huh. what is the type of value they actually enjoy creating in the organization so that when you sit down and have that honest conversation with them, they know where it's coming from. They understand it's coming from the right place and not a the organization needs to make money and therefore you're moving, but from actually don't think you're going to enjoy doing that and I don't yeah. think it's going to be the best fit for you so if you're going to be keep being successful which is what we all want yeah this is the better place for you so that that trust and the relationship and that understanding of them I think makes a fundamental difference yeah yeah I think it's respect you know I I think if you don't do that it's it's really a show of disrespect to people if you can't see them as an individual and know that it takes all kinds to make this business work and um you know it's it's as important to me that i will spend time with my c-suite as it is that i will spend time with the brand new employee who just arrived and to get that perspective as well obviously not as much time you know my i have to make sure that my immediate team is served well but but i need to spend some time and i will often say that to the new leaders who arrive in the business make sure you get out there and understand that perspective because that's the only way we're going to make good decisions in this business if we have a fulsome understanding yeah and that i think is a, a great example of one of the things that genoa has done successfully as you've grown is the connection, right? Because mm. as you said earlier, the, the, you got further and further away yeah. from that frontline experience. But you remain, from my perspective, incredibly connected as a CEO in the right way. So through the through the hierarchy, right, but yeah. also directly with the people in the business who need to see you and need to see mm-hmm. you being visible. So there's a lot that you, I think you do to, to be a visible leadership presence for the organization. I think COVID has been an interesting exercise, if I can bring that into this conversation, because um, amongst all the other things that COVID has challenged us on, it's really challenged the visibility piece of leaders. So one of the things that um, Genoa has, I guess, really adopted over the years is lean manufacturing practices in an engineering environment. And there's this thing that's known as a Gemba walk. And a Gemba walk basically means that you kind of get up from your desk and you walk through your business, go to the manufacturing line, go, you know, go wherever and see what's going on. Well, you can't do a Gemba walk during COVID. And so the easy thing is to just wait for it all to pass. But when you're coming up onto a year, you start to need those gamba walks and you start to feel disconnected. And in January, coming back after to work after the holidays, I was feeling that hugely. I was feeling extremely disconnected. People were joining our business and being onboarded remotely. And I was, I couldn't keep up. I had no idea who was being hired where they came from, you know, nothing. And so I had to kind of call a timeout and reinstitute a bunch of new ways for me to be connected. And one of them was an insistence, and it took a little bit of work because I think people were afraid of slowing down the process and that maybe this was executive micromanaging. But I sign all of the the the, uh, the um, offer letters to new employees now. And by doing so and doing it with the executive team around me, we now say, oh, who's this Jess Chapman? You know, where does she come from? And what's her career background? How long has she been in the industry? And 
after we signed six of those letters, we're now looking forward to Jess Chapman and the other five new recruits coming in. Um, and now we have a little bit of something um, that we know instead of uh, the announcement that comes in the company newsletter. And I've also started uh, weekly brown bag lunches with just a smattering of whoever. And, and we try to pick some theme. Last week, the theme was um, female employees who joined the business in the past year. And we had lunch with eight women right. and just talked about their experiences. Well, now I know those eight women and they know me. So, you know, you have to find new ways. But without that, so COVID forced doing it differently, which is always good. But without that, I was feeling disempowered as a CEO. I felt like I was losing my grip on who my company was and that I couldn't go on like that. No, and that speaks back to the culture, right? If you become too disconnected, then yeah. you can't role model and be the face that you know we've seen you become over the time that you've mm. been with your You've talked a lot, I think, in different ways about the importance of leadership, whether that's your trust relationships, the face of what you do, whether it's the C-suite around you, who are the ones you have to stay close to their people, or your new leaders coming in and making sure they're aligned. What are your top recommendations, I guess, around building leaders in a growing organization? Hmm. It's very easy to be reactionary and reactionary, you know, not taking the time out and putting the thought, the depth of thought in to the process and being very intentional about what's coming. So being proactive is always looking down the road. And, and this is textbook theory. You know, know the company that you need to be in a year or or longer, not the company you need to be today. So you're always building your leadership for the for the future requirement. And that's a tough thing because money, right? You you know, you can't, it's difficult to hire leaders who are often more expensive, you know, today, um, if you're not, if you don't have the cash flow today. But it's by being intentional knowing what your emerging needs are, knowing what your current environment is, knowing what the labor market is like out there, you can start that process. And even understanding what are the things that we're doing today as leaders that start to build a new position. So for example, we don't have a, a chief information officer, but we're pretty sure we're gonna need one in a year. So knowing that, we can start to look and say, well, what is our CFO doing? That is probably work of the CIO. And what's our chief capability officer doing? That is probably the work of a CIO and our director of technology and, and so on. And by doing that, you can say it out loud and people start to go, well, I know that, you know, 20% of my, of my world right now is this, but in a year that's going to carve off, which is going to, allow me not to panic about the new things that are coming onto my plate. Because if people don't see that plan emerging, and if you don't know it, I guess, in terms of leading your business, you're just kind of, you're scrambling in a chaotic mode all the time. That's not to say that never ha happens, Jess. You've seen us in chaotic modes. And some of that is just the way it is. Uh, I think that's the other part of it. It's kind of accepting 
stepping in. Uh, we had a, a, an advisor years and years ago say, come in off the ledge, and it's become a bit of an expression. You know, come in off the ledge, like have a look around, know what's happening. If you're in a chaotic moment, understand what that chaotic moment is all about. Calm down, take a deep breath, put some sort of a plan in place, and then go back into the chaos and get the job done. People really start to panic when they feel like, oh my God, this will never end. You know, I'm putting in 50 hour weeks and this is just never going to stop. No, it's going to stop. It's going to stop. We're going to, you know, your work weeks are probably always going to be busy in a growing company, but um, it'll look a little bit different. So let's just take a time out and talk about it. Yeah. And what about for you? So you joined the company. You weren't originally CEO. You are, uh, you are now. Yeah. How has, how have you seen that role change? What do you do? So we've talked a bit about staying ahead, right? There's the, the growth trajectory of an organization like Genoa, the company often grows and changes faster than you can grow and change your people. Mm-hmm. But if you're at the top of the tree, you still have to grow and change as well. So what do you, how has your role changed and what do you do to stay being the CEO you think you should be for the organization? Oh my goodness. There's a a lot of ways I'm going to answer that. So yeah, the story, you're totally right. I joined the company for three years and said, yeah, okay. You know, I've known this business from the beginning. I had done some kind of backroom work on, uh, you know, things that I could contribute to and uh, as an advisor. But in 2012, we had a conversation about, "Mm, there's a lot of stuff going on. Maybe you could do more here. And I came in for three years and that is what, nine years ago now and there's no end in sight in the early days i was very much of the mindset of uh there's only so much i can do with this business because i am non-technical i am a communications professional who built a career in facilitation training and business leadership coaching you know business leaders and so on i was self-employed for a long long time doing that and worked with a lot of small and big companies and kind of built some skills, I guess, uh, along the way. Uh, But I never thought I could run this business because I guess the, the paradigm at the time was you must be an engineer to run an engineering services company. And so I, I spent a lot of time apologizing as I moved further up as COO, I would say, I know I'm not technical, but, but, you know, I know I'm not technical, but I work to understand. And a few years ago, when I accepted the role of CEO and my skill set and background was starting to prove it had merit that I was not looking at things with a singular view in terms of the engineering, for example, um, but I was looking at things with a kind of a generalist view, a top of the trees look, a very strong communications perspective. I started to believe that maybe that's exactly what's needed right now. And not just in this business that, that this skill set needs to be valued more across the industry and multiple industries. I stopped apologizing and have settled into my skills and into developing them. So pursuing a continuing education, you know, through some executive programs that build my financial capability and, and my leadership skills. And so that was a big shift. And I, I think it's a shift that is going on in the world. I, I think that those professions that have a view 
of people as drivers of any organization and people must be attended to and cared for and that alignment of strategy as uh, involves people and how do you do that is more and more becoming desirable so here I am, you know, a couple of years in as CEO of the business, a couple of more years to go. And my focus is on building my leadership team now for succession, but also always paying attention to at what point do we need somebody else, uh, some, a different skill set in this business. And we're scaling now. You know, our sites are set on scaling up to the 100 million mark, and we have a strong five-year business strategy in place. I feel that I can lead the business um, into that strategy. But then a 75 to $100 million business, it may be time for another leader, and I'm pretty sure it will. And that's going to take a different skill set. And that's really that conversation with myself is no different than the conversation uh, and the open conversation I have with others to say, where do you want to be? What value do you want to provide in the business? Because it's that it's about the health of the business at the end of the day. A healthy business means we are all served well. A healthy individual, an individual whose ego may be well served, may not equate the health of the business. Right. Pretty spectacular, though, that the, the role modeling portion of that, Gina. Like, it's one thing to say that you recognize that in other people, but to be able to recognize that for yourself and to, yeah. to live what you've espoused for others, we're back to the, the role modeling of culture and the trust and the open conversations and the transparency again. So, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. That's the goal for sure. And you can't go around, you know, expecting something of other people that you're not going to put to yourself no. and it's it that's if you live it it's back to the integrity and the trust building right you just it's a you, you just got to live the values yourself on a very personal level and i think that helping people differentiate often between what you can do and what you want to do is really important particularly in a growth organization you know yeah. we work on the premise that you can learn to do all kinds of things. You may not be able to learn at the speed the organization needs you to. So there may be some implications of that. But I think that want to question is a really important one because so many people don't spend the time to get to know their people and then end up promoting people into positions that they're just not going to be successful in and then having to unpick that later. So yeah. you know, the, the willingness to have that conversation, but to also do it yourself, I think, is an, a marker and a testament to, to you and to Janelle. Yeah, thanks for that. I think that's about all we have time for. So I'd okay. love to say and ask you a ton more questions. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll have to figure out a, a follow-up of this uh, for another series. But thank you so much for taking the time to come and share your thoughts with us today. Janelle has had an amazing record, track record, and I have no doubt it will continue under your leadership until you decide to, to step away and do whatever's next for you. So thank you very much for joining us. Today. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Jess. It was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Unlocking Your People podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when leaders have the right strategies and frameworks to tackle the tough people stuff within their business and organizations. To learn more about how Jess and her team can potentially help your organization unlock the potential in its people, 
Take a look at the options at www.e3.ca. The better your people perform, the better your business will perform. Once again, it's www.e3.ca. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.